0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're taking another look at energy markets and how energy costs are affecting the price of virtually everything. I'm completely in favor of the idea of transitioning from burning oil, gas, biomass, and coal to cleaner forms of energy. In the U.S., there's still over a 1,000 active coal mines. This is approximately half of the coal mines that were in operation in the year 2000, if you go back 15 years, Western Europe produced more natural gas on the continent than they were actually consuming, and more natural gas than they were importing from Russia in 2021. But then they outlawed new exploration, they outlawed fracking in order to help the environment, and they now find themselves having to buy natural gas in the U.S. at a much higher price, where fracking is the primary source of the natural gas. The energy security situation in Europe is a function of a series of policy decisions, made over the past two decades, more than it's the fault of Russia or any one nation. And don't get me wrong, what Vladimir Putin has done is an absolutely horrible thing. But the energy shortage is the result of policy decisions. Now, last week, OPEC Plus announced a 2 million barrel per day reduction in production quotas. The reaction in the U.S. was swift. Prices at the gas pump jumped almost immediately. Now, many in the media have misinterpreted the announcement to mean there will be a reduction of 2 million barrels per day of oil supply. The OPEC members have done little to correct the public perception. The truth is, the announcement was the reduction of production quotas, not actual production volumes. Even before the announcement, the OPEC Plus member countries were producing 3.5 million barrels a day less than the actual production quota. So in theory, a reduction in the quota would have no impact at all on the actual amount of oil being exported into the world markets by OPEC Plus. You also have to remember that OPEC Plus includes Russia. The question I'm asking myself is whether we will actually see a reduction in oil output. Even if OPEC makes a reduction in production quotas, there's no practical way to police that. There's a history of OPEC nations producing as much as they like, even when they're operating outside the OPEC quota. So theoretically, if OPEC was producing 3.5 million barrels a day less than the existing quota, the quota reduction would simply have the effect of reducing the shortfall from 3.5 million barrels a day down to 1.5 million barrels a day. Now, the Biden administration has been depleting the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve in an effort to reduce the cost of gasoline at the pump. The conspiracy theorists out there would say that this is a midterm election ploy to buy votes. I personally think this is a horribly irresponsible use of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's not there to create price stability for consumers. It's to provide national security in the event of major global oil market disruptions. The fact is the U.S. is not oil independent. In order to run a refinery, the U.S. needs to combine the light sweet crude, which comes from Texas or the Dakotas, with heavy oil imported from Saudi Arabia or from Alberta oil sands. The U.S. has very little heavy oil with which to operate a refinery from its own resources. It requires importation from somewhere that has heavy oil. But in order to understand the OPEC situation, You need to look deeper at OPEC-plus production on a country-by-country basis. Some countries have the ability to increase oil production and are producing the actual quota amount of oil. I'm thinking of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. So when you take a country-by-country view of OPEC-plus, then the reduction in quota of 2 million barrels per day would theoretically translate into a reduction in production volumes of no more than 800,000 barrels a day. That's assuming, of course, that everyone adheres to the production quota and doesn't cheat. But then the Biden administration did something even more stupid than depleting the SPR. They said that if the price of oil drops below $80 a barrel, they would start replenishing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I mean, think about it. With that one statement, they set a floor price for oil by telling the market that once the price hits below $80, they'll become a large-scale buyer. I have no problem with the government replenishing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. I think it's a good idea, and I think it was a dumb idea to draw down the SPR to begin with. But telling market traders your purchase price is setting a floor to the market when your goal is to hopefully lower oil prices, and this is absolute stupidity. These folks have no idea how markets work. Even publications like the Wall Street Journal keep referring to the OPEC announcement as a supply cut, when in fact the announcement was a cut in production quotas. It's astounding to me that the mainstream media have all glossed over this fact. Perhaps they're intentionally misleading the public, although, frankly, I don't know what the motive might be. In some ways, it doesn't really matter if the higher futures price is being set by the perception of a shortage instead of the reality of a shortage. We're still facing higher prices at the pump. Now, so far, the world seems to be focused on getting through this winter without running out of fuel, but winter's only a few months in duration. This is a time right now in the fall, between summer and winter, when fuel consumption is lower. Petroleum reserves should be building right now, and they're not. Petroleum reserves should be building in the spring, but there's no indication that this is even going to be possible. Governments seem to be content paying higher prices for energy, and they're just looking as far as getting through the winter. They're not thinking a few months ahead and into next year. This is all very short-term planning. They seem content to pay higher prices for energy to subsidize the population for higher energy bills, but they're sticking to the narrative that precludes making actual investments in conventional energy, which would pay greater dividends than subsidizing the cost of the pump. We do live in a mixed up world some days. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.